What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Love Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. Thank you for your time and your company for the show today. My name is Imran. Uh, today's episode uh, sees us secure time with futuristic music recording artist La Notes. Many will be familiar uh, with La Notes' efforts as part of the fantastic uh, quartet known as Electric Conversation. Uh, I say this in the actual episode and. I'll say it here. Uh, Futuristica have uh, an incredible selection of music, uh, uh, just a, a stunning and wonderful catalogue. And uh, those two Electric Conversation albums are absolute gems in a in a in a bursting treasure chest uh, of of gems. So it's um, they, they rank incredibly highly. So it's excellent to, to have that opportunity uh, to discuss that that music with La Note. But of more pertinence to our episode, we get to discuss. The uh, the brand new debut solo record uh, from La Note. Uh, the album is called Rebirth. It is a wonderful two disc effort uh, produced by um, As Valet, formerly as well of Electric Conversation, and uh, we kind of have the opportunity to discuss its creation, its creation during quarantine, and basically the circumstances that led to. Um, the timing being right after many 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 years uh Leno never left music but um it's been some years i think 2013 was the last electric conversation album so uh for her to finally step up into uh this kind of center stage um role is you know it's an exciting development and i guess we uh have a good chat about the circumstances that brought that to uh prominence so yes, we get to discuss lots of things, and I hope you'll very much enjoy the episode. Quick mention as well, if you check out Futuristica Music's Bandcamp page, you'll be able to purchase uh, digital versions of the album, uh, CDs, double disc efforts, as well as uh, the LP vinyl issues as well. So please check out Futuristica Music's Bandcamp page, and I uh, very much hope you'll enjoy the episode today. Quick reminder... That the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts from London and is incredibly fortunate to host shows from across the whole wide world. So please check us out at blueingreenradio.com where you'll find our never-ending stream, a whole host of reviews and interviews, as well as the complete backlist catalogue of our Blue in Green podcast. So thanks very much. We'll um, keep you no further. Uh, Quick mention as well as regular listeners know we feature two songs um uh on these podcast episodes our guest picks a closing track which of course in this case will be uh la note uh, but i have the uh, luxury of picking the opening number um i don't want to spoil la note's selection at all but she picks something from disc one uh, of the rebirth album and i thought it would be fun to delve into disc two which is the remix portion 
of uh, the album so I'm gonna go with uh, Miracle and it is the Simon S remix and uh, there's a whole host of great remixes on here from DJ Spinner to Mark Rapson to a cat called Fritz and Dusty but um, I've, I've gravitated to that one for uh, my pick today so Simon S uh, head of Futuristic Music um, and uh, yeah on wonderful remix duties for the note so that's my pick right now hope you'll enjoy this tune and then we'll go straight to our conversation with Lanote.
wonderful. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. How、uh, are you?、Ben? I'm I'm fine, thank you very much. I really appreciate you making the time to 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 chat and、uh, to kind of hang out for a little bit. I really appreciate how busy you must be at the <laughs> well, moment as well. So thanks so much. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Oh, that's very kind of you to say.、Uh, I, I guess I guess the first thing is kind of how how are things for you at the moment? I mean, it's probably about a year, just just over a year, where I guess you know、uh, Paris had incredibly high you know COVID infection rates and strict quarantine rules and everything.、Uh, how how are things where you are at the moment? Well.、Uh... I guess it's it's the same. <laughs> oh really? Oh. Yeah, I guess it's our new normal now.、Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, each each country, each government、um, is applying the rules that they think are are fit at the moment. I'm、mm. not sure about what's going on in France right now, if it's the best decision or not. But all I know is that we are into like stricter mode right now, right. which. Very honestly, is not changing a lot in my life so far.、Oh, really? <laughs> so for me, so far, so good. And you know, we just have to make sure we're safe, and、uh, and that's it. Yeah, it is scary, and you've used the words "the new normal." That's the scariest thing of of the whole thing, isn't it? I think what we initially thought would be、uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks or a couple of months has now exceeded a year, and yeah, um, yeah it's、uh, it's petrifying to think that there's no specific end date. For 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 this kind of lifestyle at the moment, is there? It's exactly that. You know, the other day I was because I have children, and my my youngest is eighteen months old. Wow! And I I kind of clicked, and I thought, my gosh, for him, it's absolutely normal to see everyone wearing masks outside the house. Oh my gosh! And on computer <laughs> screens as well. Yes, absolutely. He probably thinks a lot of people live in screens right now. <laughs> <laughs> He'll realize. Soon, when we can travel again and and go places. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a difficult time to have had a, a child at such a young age as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know,、um, me. Do you think I'm at a young age? Oh no, well, well, of course I do, but I did mean the child. <laughs> in sort of in the midst of this quarantine, where you can't freely have friends and family round to to you know to spend the time with with them that they would like to as well. Yeah, it's.、Um... It's frustrating.、Um, I think last year for me,、um, as a mother, actually, it was、um, scary and frustrating to have to explain to my kids that because of this and that and and the virus, etc., we were we could not go to the playground and you know they could not hug and give kisses to their aunties and and things like that. And it's but what's incredible is the adaptability, you know, and how、yeah. fast. All this young generation was able to include that into their normal way of、um, of life. I'd say it's,、uh, yeah. you know, that's just the way it is. But、yeah. we're still able to find, you know, to make sure that we are happy and to live a healthy life and、um, appreciate the little things. So、mm. it's all good. And you've been homeschooling, I imagine. Uh, I have last year for a few months.、Um, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite question at the moment. Yeah, it's oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to all the parents out there. I've seen you. <laughs>、um, yeah, at the time, my um, my um, daughter um, was in. Hold on,、uh, second grade for 
the UK or the US, I guess. Right. Um, and, um, and my son, my first son was four and he was just starting kindergarten. So he was there for a few months and then he didn't understand what was going on. All of a sudden we had to, you know, school him at home. And then my, my youngest was a baby. So we didn't really right, understand or feel the difference, but fortunately enough, um, schools are open in France. Um, oh, amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best decision or not, but it is um what it is and, and it's very helpful as a parent <laughs> yes yes okay well at least there's that reprieve which is good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, kind of moving on to that that quarantine period from last year uh mm. as I understand it your fantastic new project uh rebirth was actually created during the quarantine uh kind of period with 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 the, the amazing as ballet is that right yes absolutely and so again, I really think that, you know, whatever life throws at you, there's always some positive outcome. Mm. Um, and that's a big positive outcome <laughs> of this quarantine and COVID and the lockdown. It's that I was able to to make my first solo album with As Valet, and that's pretty dope. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Would it have happened had there not been a quarantine period? Was it was it something that was on your mind already or did just circumstances align to the point, you know, during last year where the idea then appeared to you? Would it have happened anyway, do you think? I think it would have, but maybe later. Hmm. Um because, you know, um um I have a full-time job and I commute, so that's a, a lot of time um, that I can't be singing or producing, right? right. And I also have three kids, so that's another big right. chunk of my time. <laughs> um, so, so you know, um, it, it was not easy to to make music as often as I wanted to. Mm. Um, so, being able to work from home and not having to commute anymore um, it was a real game changer for me. And um, and I was able to spend much more time in the studio, uh, which was a blessing. Um, and then, you know, as Valet would play some beats and I'd say, oh, I like this one. Get out of the studio. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that one. <laughs> he didn't really have a choice. And, you know, we did one, two, three songs. And then he pushed me and he said, hey, I'm not it's time for your album. Come on. Do you know that that's really interesting because I I've had the the pleasure of speaking to to Chris uh, as valet and we spoke a lot about uh, probably ten months or I think or so ago and he that's how he exactly how he described the process of he would have something and then you'd say okay leave now <laughs> while I work on it which is really hilarious yeah that, that's exactly how it happened is it just because of just like a comfort thing you don't like people around you when you kind of have to kind of write or or create something or you just like the the, the space to kind of create that by yourself no I don't mind when 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 he or other people are here but it's listen it's a very practical reason it's go take care of the kids and I will be in the studio <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you have it <laughs> uncle as valet heads upstairs i love it <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, it's, it's not uncle it's daddy as valet oh i had no idea <laughs> i had no idea you oh wow that's lovely news how could that not be known oh no 
Yeah, he's my uh, my other half. <laughs> I had no idea. That's oh my gosh! I'm, I knew I considered myself to be well researched, and I had absolutely no idea. Well, I want to say congratulations in a weird way. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, well, that, that that is how he described the process where you would just say, right, it's my time to kind of do this now. But now I know why. That's excellent. <laughs> um, I guess it's sort of like you've never you never left music. You know, obviously you, you, you jumped on projects with with as valet jazz chronicles. Yeah. Uh, Zig 16 and you, you know, you produced for other artists as well. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of. Uh, did you ever feel compelled did you ever think uh you know a solo project was i know you said time being uh what it was but um did you ever kind of think yeah this is something i'd like to do you know or so here's the thing um i have <clears throat> two or three other projects um in my <laughs> in my hard disk um that i have worked on uh, uh, some years ago um, that I have produced and 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 written to and recorded to, and I guess that at the time, and we were part of Electric Conversation at the time. I think that at the time I wasn't ready um, emotionally, spiritually, and maybe not mature enough to go ahead and put that out. Um, but but now I am. <laughs> mm. So the the need for a solo project was not really there because I have always um done my stuff you know whenever i i needed to uh, i didn't put it out but it was there and quite selfishly it was there for me <laughs> and i was happy about it that way um but now i i think that it these are things that i'd like to to share so yeah stay tuned there there's wonderful more. so you're looking beyond rebirth now as well then yeah exactly wonderful that's very exciting the, the the theme of of rebirth is a really fascinating one that you kind of carry through the whole project what what was there was a great um i think in the uh the inlay card to the album you have this really great closing quote that says life is a cycle and this is my rebirth and i thought it was a real poignant really powerful kind of phrase uh what was what what inspired that as as the concept for the album so first of all, the, the the title of the of the album itself, Rebirth, I came up with at the end because um, uh, my process when I make music is I just you know I'm in the moment I make the either the the, the track the beat or I, I sing to it um, and I don't I don't really have like a vision or I don't think about it too much and then it sits there and then it starts to make sense you know when you assemble the different pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and rebirth was when I when the idea popped in. It was like clarity because I think that this is the process that I had been going through personally uh, for a few years um, on on different levels. Um, the first one being as a woman becoming a, a mother uh, is like the it was reaching a another level of my life. You know, I had a very full and happy life before. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's just a a different dimension. So I I live it as a rebirth in a way, being a, being a mom. Um, Then in terms of music itself. um, So I used to be as well as, as valet um, part of electric conversation, as you know, of course. Yeah. Um, and we uh, unfortunately had the loss of Zig, um, and he was 
um, actually for for Advale as as well. He was uh, my brother from another mother. So um, losing him was extremely difficult. Um, and I think I completely shut down at that time. Um, it's just, I think that the connection we had was so strong and he inspired me so much in the way I was making music that not having him around anymore was, um, obviously very troubling, but it's like I, I lost all my, I don't know, my structure. Um, so I shut down because I was not capable of, of putting myself in that zone again. Mm. Um, so it, it took some time, uh, you know, grief is very, um, individual. The, the, the rhythm, the pace of it is, you know, depends on who you are and what you're, you're going through in your life. Um, and then finally I was, I was able to, you know, go back to it and do some, you know, feature on some different, um, projects with, with Syme or, or DJ Lyric, a, a cat called Fritz or other people. Mm. Um, and then having the lockdown, <laughs> I was, I was going to say forced, but it's too much of a, it's, too strong um, because it was natural, but I think yeah. it was the right time for me to find myself again in the studio and feel comfortable again. And it all clicked in, and that's why I lived it as my musical rebirth as well. Hmm. It's interesting. I mean, that's there's a couple of fascinating things you said. I think, if I may, you know, regarding Oz, I, mm -hmm. I think the way you know yourself and um, and Chris and uh, I think Simon. Deborah as well the way you know the impact that Oz mm. as a as a person as a as an artist you know the way that you all really fly that flag for him I think I mentioned this the last time I spoke to Simon mm. for uh, one of our, these these episodes I, th I think it's a real it's a real it's very it's beautiful to see I mean obviously I I, I never had any contact with him but you know I <laughs> through words that you've just said and Simon and Deborah I, I hold him in such reverence <laughs> you know and I, and I feel like it's it's all anybody could really hope yeah. to do with your life in to to make that kind of impression on the people yeah. around you and I think if you can do that like he so clearly has it's just it's I can't imagine him being any happier you know yeah. in being able to look down and and just to see the impact that he's had on the people around him. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you said something else about um, kind of being in that, uh, well, uh, not being forced, but in terms of being in that quarantine situation where the, the timing just lent itself to, to the right time to kind of make these, these steps towards uh, properly making music it's really interesting because I, I you know you do read a lot about artists during this quarantine period who have found themselves really stuck and uninspired and unable to create mm. in that context because of everything around them and not being able to go out not being able to tour or experience life the way that they did or travel and it's it's great to when I have the opportunity to speak to someone like yourself right now where you were in those exact same situations, the same circumstances, but it didn't hinder your creativity. It allowed you to 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 create in in the kind of the way it did, and that's really exciting to hear about as well. Yeah, I guess for me it was you know, um, in a way, no more no more excuses. 
you know, where are you? Right. You can't go anywhere. Right. Did that? Did, would you say the project kind of sounded like how you would ever ever envisioned it to? Well, that's a good question. I I never really thought about it. Um, the thing is, as Valet's productions are to me very special, and mm. he has this sound, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I could have envisioned that sound, but certainly the the feeling, the emotions that it would put me in, yeah, were there. <laughs> Yeah, I described it as being a wonderful, like the the whole album, the Rebirth album, being a really fantastic extension to kind of the Electric Conversation legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how would how do you, do you think how do you kind of think that that music say evolved from from the projects that you guys released to kind of to Rebirth being an, an extension of that? Do you think that it's a these are work like you know a logical progression to that whole thing? Yeah, in a way. Um... Although in the first Electric Conversation album, um, As Valet didn't produce, um, he did in the second. And uh, I think that after the second album of Electric Conversation, he took off, took off on his musical journey um, 100% and was able to, to maybe refine his, uh, his sound, um, which is why today... To me, he has a very distinct um, sound. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is it is a, a, a natural pro- progression. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. How do you kind of look back at those those days with Electric Conversation when you the four of you kind of you you initially meet up and you know you, you start to make music together? Well, actually, I guess that's a, probably a better question. How, how did you? How did as a four piece? How did you initially all come together in the first place? Well, listen, that's a funny one. So. Uh, it was a while ago, um, early 2000, um, I used to work, um, in a, in a mall and, um, on my lunch breaks, I would go to this record store and, um, I would ask for different references and there worked Oz and we started to connect and, and one day. I don't know why I got the confidence to say, oh, actually, you know, I sing. But I didn't have any music at the time. You know, it's it's the feeling that for me at the time was, I think I'm ready to tell people that I actually sing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so I told him that and he said, oh, but I, I sing too. And uh, I make music. So and we just had this instant connection. Um, so we decided to see each other and, uh, and, uh, at the time, um, Chris was, was already, we were already in the same circles and I said, we, you have to meet Oz and we met the three of us and we just never stopped talking and it lasted years and years and years and years and years, um, un- until his passing. But back to when we started hanging out and making music together, it was the three of us for a long time. Um, and then we met um, Gus, who it's actually through that same record store because he was a customer at that record store. All right. Yeah. You see the importance of record stores? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is essential. Keep them open. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, that's basically how we met. Um, he had a he had his um, precise universe as well, um, abstract and interesting as well. And we all connected, and and we were just you know a bunch of friends having a lot of fun making music together. Um, it was a great ad- adventure. Hey, I, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, it absolutely must have been. Like, uh, what were those kind of obvious? I know, like, you could tell from the music as well. There's sort of tributes to to Jay Diller, for example. I mean, were these kind of those obvious kind of influences, like Tribe Called Quest and stuff like that? Yeah, sure, sure. These ones, um, uh, Mad Lib, even though he came a, a bit later. Mm. Um, the the UK scene with with Omar. Oz was such a big fan of Omar. Oh wow. Yeah, acid jazz, um, boards of Canada, um, so all the the trip hop scene as well. Well, there's just so much music, and you know these two. So Oz and As Valet then ended up working together in that record store. So I don't know if you can imagine the catalog of music there, um, <laughs> in, in in very different genres from jazz to African music to you know deep house, um, broken beat. Um, so yeah, we were inspired by a lot of stuff. Um, and then we just, I guess, had our, our take on it, but it was a really, it, it's something that what I always found difficult, you know, to label our music, to put it mm. in a, in a, in a genre. Um, because to me, it's, um, it's a fusion of different inspirations. Um, but yeah, of course, JD played a, played a big part in that yeah. and, were inspired a lot for sure yeah yeah so there was uh 2007 uh then there was a bit of a gap in 2013 where where the self-titled project uh was released um i mean do you do you take the time how do you look back at those as albums do you do you take the time do you guys sit back and listen to them at any point or uh how do you how do you sort of look back at the actual music of it (laughs) um I don't really listen to them anymore because I have so much in the past and, um, and they were so much connected to Oz. It was a bit troubling for me yeah. at some point to, to hear him sing um, because I, I, you know, I miss him so much. Um, now I'm, now I'm, I'm comfortable uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of these two albums. Um, and I, I do think that we had, something special and um i think that our you know the love that we had all for each other the the friendship the connection is something that you can feel when you listen to the music um but yeah i hope that it's the kind of music that you know people would like to you know still listen to you know let's play electric conversation you remember back then i think i just would love to hear people say oh you know what I remember this time of my life was connected to your album because I was doing this or that, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a movie soundtrack, but of, of people's lives. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, the Futuristica catalog is really, it's an incredible 15 year body of, of mm. work. And I, I honestly, I think the two electric conversation albums, they, they rank amongst the labels, just finest releases. They're, they're really fantastic projects. They're, they're somewhat new discoveries for me. I think it was last year or the year before um, when I uh, was finally able to get my, my hands on, on the CDs, but just besotted with them just really really they hold up so incredibly well um you know bearing in mind it's you know 2007 uh the first one uh so yeah i can't imagine you guys you know 
being any prouder of of the music that the, the you know that you made as a as a quartet yes and and i have to say not just because she's my soul sister but i don't think that we would have done what we did if it wasn't for obviously sai uh dj Simonis, but also deb um, right Miss Deborah Jordan, because she's the one who connected us to to Psy. We were opening for, um, oh my gosh, Silhouette Brown, a- wasn't it in Paris? That was my next question. <laughs> we were opening for for their show um, because we were so Oz and me. We were doing um, background vocals for a French artist at the time, and we were opening for Silhouette Brown uh, in Paris, and um, and Chris and Deb were the ones who dared to talk to each other because personally I'm well some people would say come on you're not at all but I am kind of shy um and I don't necessarily like to go talk to people that I don't know <laughs> um because I don't want to bother them and etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. and then just Chris you know he's the kind of guy who's always somewhere with <laughs> a CD player or mini disc or mp3 and some headphones somewhere. <laughs> um, and that's how he and Deb connected. And then, you know, when I met Deb was like, so there you are, soul sister. Wow. And then she connected us to Sai and, and that's the beginning of a, a beautiful story. Uh, it is. Yes, it is. And you guys, um, you, you know, you again, you've I know there was just say those two albums, but you've you've continued to work together. I mean, you, you had a, a guest spot um I think it was for an older track, but obviously that appeared on Deborah's uh, last album, the Scene the Dark album as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any memories of, of putting that track together? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, because you see with Electric Conversation, so the, the four of us and, and whenever Deb and Sai would come to Paris, we would have a blast. And the only thing we would do, so we, we would stay in the studio for a whole day, have good food and, and jokes all day. So it was it was our best life. Amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, we did that in uh, Oz's studio uh, a few years back, I remember. And it was um, it was beautiful because we had a lot of respect for, for Deb because she was very inspirational for us. And, and she has this kind of energy that just touches you right into your core. Um, and, and then she starts to sing. And you just, you know, shut up and listen. And and it just takes you to another dimension. So that's, I remember those special kinds of moments where you could feel that something special was happening, you know, and that, that track was, is one of those memories. Uh, yes, it's a great, it's a great track. And I love how you guys have sort of maintained kind of contact and you've continued to collaborate you know you were on the jazz chronicles project as well um and i think you have something new with simon coming up um but um so it's yeah it's 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 amazing that you've managed to maintain that relationship and dynamic uh as regards to to rebirth where did the decision come from to contact them with with the project well um so we 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 it, deb and Sai, you know it's their family um, so we, we FaceTime as much as we can and, and, and they see us um, grow and, and we see them grow as well. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess it was just one day during lockdown. I, I think it was last summer, uh, during the summer, yeah. Um, I finally dared to say it aside, 
or maybe it was by text. I don't remember. Something like, so I've got a project. That is <laughs> what do you think about it? Do you think you'd like to play that? He said, Carol, come on. Get, <laughs> give it to me now. <laughs> he never responds to my text about my project. <laughs> he never responds to them. And I've got so many ideas. <laughs> yeah, and, and so things went pretty fast from there. I think... Um, I think we added maybe three tracks to the album then. And then we were also um, starting to work on the remixes. Um, and then, you know, it, it just became a whole. And uh, I mean, Simon, he's the kind of person, he's a visionary, so he has something in his mind and he knows exactly where he wants to go. Mm. Um, and um and that's great. I'm very, very blessed to have him and Deb in uh, obviously as well around me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's an incredible team. Yeah, so it's a, it's a wonderful project bolstered by some just phenomenal names, including yourself, of course. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the, the the remixes. Now that's a really interesting thing to kind of delve into because uh, there's you know obviously the album's accompanied by a, a, a bonus disc of uh, just really awesome remixes that i think they're very strategic and they really do keep in line with sort of the original that say disc one uh, mm. of the project and it's just really exciting list of names as well from simon to uh mark rapson mecca 83 um dj spinner uh as well which is an incredible uh, uh boast for the project how did the the names for um for this sort of uh for disc two get kind of assembled who was behind that Who's behind that? The two masterminds, Asvale and uh, Sai, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure, that's them. Um, so Sai connected with uh, the Rapson. I like to call him the Rapson now. The Rapson. <laughs> um, <laughs> with Spina as well. Um, and I don't remember if he did or if Chris did uh, Rise. I'm, I'm not sure who did who did who but anyway um and then chris connected with dusty uh, who's also a friend i connected with nikki lars yes i dare to ask him i remember oh, amazing yeah and and then there's this crazy olaf melander remix that yes. is way out there that i really love as well yeah um, for the track music yeah yeah yeah, and then there's uh, Ken Ken Jazz, who's uh, another friend, with, with a very different take on Miracle, which mm -hmm. I find also uh, sublime. You know, Caribbean jazz style. Yeah, really beautiful. So, yeah, I love the range of uh, styles there, and and although they're different, they just you know sound good all together. So um, they just all make sense. Yes, <laughs> they absolutely do. Yeah, you're. Um... Yeah, you're absolutely right. What is it kind of? I mean, is it different? I would say I'd be interested to know. I guess when you and uh, uh, and Chris have basically, you know, you've spent the time and you've created music in the way you wanted to, and when you kind of get these alternate versions, you know, being submitted, you know, you get them through email or however you you, you hear them. Do you kind of go, no, this person's got this wrong, or this person's not connected with it, or is it easy to give up your music in that respect for someone else to interpret? it's honestly sometimes it can happen um but for me it's not a question of they didn't get this or or they didn't get that it's just that sometimes i'm not i'm not feeling it uh but for those remixes all the ones that are on the album it mm -hmm. was instant 
yeah, of course. I love that they were able to put their colors on on the on this piece of music and yeah. It's like a recreation. It's a it's a, a rebirth of the rebirth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's never ended. <laughs> Disc one is rebirth. Disc two is the phoenix. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> there was a, another track uh, from the album I was desperate to talk to you about, uh, which is uh, the uh, real uh, uh, moving and powerful uh, SOS, mm. which is. Um, I mean, that's one of those songs that's very indicative of the events of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I suppose half of it is kind of built around this kind of um, claustrophobic nature of everyone being locked away and everything. And then there are obviously the events of uh, mm -hmm. that really came to attention in the States with the death of George Floyd and mm -hmm. uh, uh, situations with uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter voices that were uh, becoming increasingly more prominent. I mean, when you put together a, a song, uh, like that what are the kind of the, you know what was was there a specific was it the George Floyd basically you know uh, the incident that kind of inspired uh, that song or what was the thought process behind putting that one together it, it was him and uh, unfortunately so many others because um, so in the media we've you know we've heard a lot about what happened to to, to George Floyd and it's you know horrific obviously um, but it's very sad to say that he's one within a very, so many, very yeah. long list. Um, and that's always something that, um, I've tried to fought against and that's, I, I need to use my voice to, to express, um, these kind of things. Um, it's, it's my way of fighting against it, um, and also calling things out when I see them, you know, in, in just the normal day-to-day -day life. Uh, but I think that being um, a white person, I don't think will I will ever have a, a real clue of what it feels like to be a non-white person mm. um, in a world where, you know, all the, the images of success um, are connected to white people um that that image you know and my children are um mixed um and i remember last year having a, a talk with my daughter because we found out that in her book you know when i was homeschooling her mm -hmm. um the the same book that we would use every day and those days were long <laughs> um <laughs> at, at no point did I see um, a picture that, of a kid that looked like my, my kids. It was always um, like the two main characters of this book are uh, white with blonde hair. Um, and, and I think it's just sad because we're sending a message, you know, that is, oh, you don't matter as much as white people. Well, no. And, and I know that... There are so many people who don't think that way. But at the end of the day, using these types of books, promoting brands the way they are promoted, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, is not inclusive. And representation matters. It matters so much. We, I don't think that white people will ever be able to understand how much it means to, to others. Because, you know, talking about white privilege, I've, I've never had um, someone ask me 
if um, maybe I would do something to my hair or not on a job interview. Whereas when I was hiring people a few years ago for a store, I had this young lady who um, who was uh, from the Caribbean. She was black. And uh, she asked me at the end of her interview, which actually went pretty well. She asked me, so uh, about my hair, uh, what do you mean? Well, you know, my hair. Do you think it's okay if I come to work like this? And I said to her, your hair is perfectly fine. But you see, it's that pressure yeah. that is on their shoulders all the time. All the time. It's constant. And it, it goes from maybe lighter examples like I gave you to dramatical ones like George Floyd's. There's a, a variety of, of things happening. Um, that are just unacceptable and that we need to to voice you know right of course and uh you know it, as i say it's a it's a wonderful song to kind of uh to shine a light on 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 events that that did transpire in in the last year and perspectives that do need to be called out and mm-hmm. and changed so uh yeah congratulations again to to both of you for for that for Thank that you. track um um i guess that that's kind of um the 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 bulk of our of our of our time together which has been a uh, uh, wonderful i'm 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 super excited for um what what will come next uh, you sort of alluded to you know having kind of more projects in the in the works and i'm i'm really excited as to what what they'll um kind of bring i i think rebirth is a is a it's a fantastic project. It really, really is from start to finish. And with the remixes and everything that's, that's gone into it, it couldn't have come across. I can't imagine any better. It's a perfect um, continuation of kind of as valets in a journey, the electric conversation albums as well. So, uh, and I'm very happy that it found its home on Futuristica around their 15th year. It just makes everything even all the more poignant as well. So it's, uh, it's one of those projects that's just come together perfectly at the right time. So congratulations to, to all of you guys for it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we talked about a closing number, uh, yeah. a track to send everyone home super happy. Uh, something from the album, um, uh, something just from the uh, Electric Conversation catalogue. It's just something you're a fan of or something that's been of great inspiration to you. May I ask if you had a moment to pick something out? Yeah, well, actually, I was thinking um, about SOS because it's, oh, wow. it's Perfect. a song that will be getting a lot of airplay because it's it's not a you're not necessarily going to dance to it right right <laughs> it's different than it's very different from weekend right <laughs> <laughs> but i thought yeah um to to i want to dedicate this song to to everyone uh, out there who is you know trying to make a difference and um just to send love to the world <laughs> Can't you see that people are dying right under your eyes, right under your eyes. Can't you see the cities are burning? And your silence is gasoline.
Say their names. 